So I went and changed the entire technical setup on the back end just once again, because why stick with anything that's working? Oh, absolutely. I, as you know, I'm a great believer in change for change's sake. <laughs> so I'm now coming to you through the power of a, an Android phone and Apple AirPods Pro. Uh, are you sure that doesn't generate some sort of x-ray that fries your brain? <laughs> well, we'll find out if I make it through the pod. It's probably not. If I don't, then it, it, it is, presumably. Mm. Um, so I caved and bought the AirPods Pro, uh, but I didn't buy the iPhone to go with it. And I'm sure we'll get on to that, but uh, yeah. So not that it will impact or affect the listeners in any discernible way whatsoever, because I'm using the AirPods to talk to you, and I'm using the microphone to speak to them. So they'll never know. If I hadn't brought it up, it wouldn't have been a thing, but now it's a thing because I brought it up. But you do already sound just cooler. Yeah. Know that there's little white like nodules sticking out of both of my ears right now, and they're slightly shorter than the nodules were a couple of years ago. Well, I, I mean, what more could you ask for? I mean, that's a, <laughs> I, I think, strictly speaking, they're a bit longer, aren't they? Are they? Did they get longer or shorter? I forget. And they got shorter. The pods, the AirPods Pro, were shorter than the, the AirPods. Oh, I've got, I've got, I've got both. I should be able to do a compare and contrast, really, shouldn't I? But uh, well, yeah, I'm sure you could do. Uh, yeah, we we have to go down the, the rabbit hole now. Are they comfy? There was concern about the Cosgrove ear. There was, there was concern. So. I don't know if this is a normal thing, but I currently have two different sized ear tips in each ear. Not two in each ear, two different <laughs> sized ear tips, one in each ear, and they are different. Uh-huh. So the one on my right ear, let's call that uh, the normal ear, is small. My left ear has, we've vacillated between small, medium, and large, and we finally settled on medium. And even then, I, I get the notification when I do the sign test tip, sign tip test that it's not a good fit oh so i think my left ear is broken that's okay they're still comfortable but that was what was concerned me because i I knew that when i walked with um i had little akg earbuds that were just wired and when i was walking the left one would always fall out and i was frustrated me and i didn't want that for these thankfully as you say because of the tips i can put a slightly larger one on my left ear and the normal sized one on my normal human right ear uh, and they, they work fine. So I have two different sized ear tips, but apart from that, they are working fine. Okay. Well, I, I, that's put everybody's mind at rest, I think. And we can we can get on with the episode. So what are you writing well, with? Well, actually, before... Oh. I'll get oh. on to that one second. There's there's one thing about the AirPods on the on Android, which is interesting. And I don't know if... I think this is an Android problem. And I'll not linger on it, but basically, the AirPods are two separate Bluetooth devices that are being treated as one. Because they're physically independent, they're not connected. So on normal headphones, they're one thing. So they have one Bluetooth receiver, one battery, and they're, you know, a set of headphones, if you can imagine the typical one. These are two individual devices. And so I think Apple's doing something very smart with its pairing two using one chip or something. But basically, when you use it with Android, it normally works fine. And every now and again, it'll disconnect and then kind of have a, it's a weird, really wide stereo effect. So imagine if someone had a phone speaker held six feet from your head on either side of your head. That's what it sounds like. And they're slightly out of sync because it's Android. And it hasn't happened at all on the MacBook. It hasn't happened at all on the iPad. But I use it on the Samsung S8 phone. When I walk every now and again, it'll have a little blip, like a disconnection of Bluetooth. And then it'll do this. And it's just weird. But there you go. You see, and no extra charge, I think you'll find for that service. 
Exactly. So I, I think I'll probably get the iPhone at some stage, but I haven't got it yet. Anyway, on to uh, writing. I'm writing something very different this week, uh, something that I'm sure you don't have. Uh, although I, I could probably send you one uh, by way of some sort of strange courier system. Uh, this is an M and G, so M and G, AWP 357X1 2B pencil. Uh, this is obviously made by Sony. And it's got the same, the same sort of naming system. Yeah, <laughs> I got this. I think these ones would have been in either Zhen or Chongqing when I was in China in 2017, and I bought a whole bunch of Chinese pencils when I was there. And this is one of them. And Meg picked this out. It's sort of a, a light green color. Uh, it's got some uh, Chinese symbols that I can't read. Uh, and then it has this MNG AWP 357X1, and it's a 2B. And it's a relatively normal sort of office pencil. I don't think it's anything special. I bought a box, I think, for the equivalent of about £2.50 or something silly like that. Uh, and it's nice. It's nice to write with. It's, it's as it says, 2B. It's quite dark. Um, but yeah, it's lovely. It's just something very different. Not something I think you come across unless you find it in the depths of Amazon or you happen to travel, which you can't really do these days. Yes, I remember those heady days of travel. Mm. Aeroplanes, I think they were called back in days of yore. Uh, yes, absolutely. Because, uh, good Lord, I remember the aeroplane had wings and things. <laughs> and very exciting. Like a, like a powered bird, if you will. <laughs> well, that's what I'm writing with. Uh, on is the, the normals. Bits and pieces, notebooks everywhere. <laughs> but there you go, notebooks everywhere. I am drowning in notebooks. Yes. And you? Uh I'm uh well I'm in a sort of Stein Begone. Stein Begone uh six <laughs> six oh two. Uh it's uh um, what imprint? Uh I'm just looking now actually. I can't I can't tell you. I don't know. Uh, it's got the pink eraser, so one of the new newer uh imprints. Oh okay. So it's trees rather than horse. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I've just got, yes, there we go. I can just about see the trees. Yep. There's, I can see the trees for the wood. Um, <laughs> see the trees for the horse. Uh, the, the imprint is, is fading. Um, so I'm down to pressure twice the speed, which in itself is probably something deeply philosophical. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Uh, and I'm writing in the podcast book, which, well, you know, we're in the, we're in the dregs now. We're, we're at the stage mm. where I'm, I start thinking, oh, well, I can probably and do some some big writing here and I'll, I'll be through into a new one before we know what's going on. <laughs> I did uh, order some new, new notebooks. I don't know if you've seen this. I went on to Nero's the other day and placed an order. Oh, did you? No, I didn't and, see that. Uh, I did. Uh, I placed an order for a few bits and pieces, uh, namely a new notebook uh, on your suggestion, excuse me, uh, which is a, not a Calpino. What's the other French one? Uh, I think you can see it in my head. Claire Fontaine? No, uh, it begins with R. Rodia. Rodia. Uh, yes, Rodia. So, uh, a nice little Rodia lined notebook, which is going to hold all of our show notes. And I got a few field notes and I got a few Christmas presenty bits and pieces. It was a, it was a good order. Excellent. Well done, you. Thank you very much. Greatly appreciate it. What was next? Oh, watching. What are you watching? Anything good? Uh, yeah, actually. So we had this discussion about Star Trek previously and that you are a Star Trek heathen and have never seen any of it or have seen so few scattered episodes across the timeline that it doesn't really make any sense. Um, I'm really enjoying Discovery, which is the latest iteration. I've just, 
I've now graduated from uh, Netflix to serialized TV Ooh. because I finished season two and season three is being released weekly. So there's one which I've seen, episode two, which is out, episode three, which is out, and episode four, which doesn't come out until November. Oh. So now I was, I was watching an episode or two a day and now I'm on rationing. Now I'm an episode a week at best. Well, there's a certain charm to it. You'll you'll warm to it, TJ. No, you probably won't, actually. You'll you'll find it incredibly frustrating and do what I do and then forget to go back and, and finish. <laughs> yeah, abandon it halfway through a season, yeah. It is Which, good, though. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. You know, I've been doing that with Star Trek for well, going on 30 years. So That's good. That's impressive. At least you're consistent. So, consistency is what we all aim for, TJ. Uh, oh, just a, another warning for the listeners. I, I do have both my canine co-stars uh, with me today. Uh, Excellent. We've been to obedience classes, so they're both a little bit uh, <laughs> tired. Uh, neither is any more obedient than they were before, but they are both quite quite tired. So hopefully they'll be quiet. Um, but Mrs. Mrs. Nero's notes is out shopping. Uh, so her return will You're be... You're flying solo in this. Yeah, her return will mean several things. It will mean a very large car uh, reversing into the carport next to this carport, which I now call my office, <laughs> um, and two two dogs getting very excited about the prospect of seeing their mum laden with food. So, um, <laughs> Enjoy that brief respite from our voices in about 25 minutes' time. <laughs> exactly. Stand by your beds for that one. You will hear it coming. <laughs> uh, uh, what have I been watching then? Um, apart from the old Star Trekky stuff, uh, oh no! I, in common with you, uh, I saw I saw the Bake Off. Uh, I think yesterday mm. I was watching it, and uh, uh, the, uh, the the chap who hails from not far from you was the uh, was the loser. Oh no no no, no 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 no! I haven't seen it yet. Oh well, you have now. Um, I have now. <laughs> Spoilers! <laughs> I have not seen Tuesday's episode. So they, we're recording this on Friday for anyone listening. The thirtieth of October, uh, which is not our normal day. Um, it's, but it's chaos. I, it's chaos. I normally watch the episode on a Friday because I'm busy on a Tuesday. So we will watch Meg and I will sit down and watch Bake Off on the Friday. So we're watching the, the what fourth or fifth episode, whatever it is. We're watching that tonight. Ah, uh, right. So now I know who is Star Baker, presumably. Yeah. Uh, so that's good. It's it's all perfect. It's all going to go swimmingly for you. Um, I I can't tell you if it's a good or a bad episode because I'm not really a fan. To be honest, it was. <laughs> It was sort of, <laughs> I think the conversation went along the lines of, before you watch that Breaking Bad rubbish, may I watch the Bake Off? Uh, to which I responded, yes, of course. Uh, as, as I said to the listener earlier, that I detected that Mrs. L was losing the will to live with, uh, with Breaking Bad, and I was right. Um, ah. But I have finished it. Um, I, she's finished it as well, and we had that sort of, Wonderful conversation that you have when you know your partner's not that engaged. <laughs> so, what what happened exactly then? Uh, that was was broadly the question. Uh, oh, said, for the ending, for the finale. Uh, well, I don't know if she was referring to season five or five seasons. I I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I I said something uh, sarcastic and cutting, and haven't eaten since. Um, <laughs> Serves you right. Yeah, there you go. Um, uh, and that's it, really. I've been a bit light on the TV watching, which is probably not yeah. a bad thing. Uh, what about listening? You've been listening to anything, TJ? Yeah, I've been listening to bits and pieces while I'm working. Um, 
quite busy at the minute, but I kind of let it Spotify do that thing that Spotify does where if you click song radio, it'll basically just mystically combine the ethers into songs that are similar to the song that you've picked. And so I did this for a song I liked and then just let it wander and wander it did into the depths of Spotify. And I brought back a track which I would never have found of my own volition, but it was really, really good. It's called uh, Ghosting by a band called Mother Mother. I think they're a Canadian outfit. I don't really know much about them. I don't really know much about the rest of their music. I've listened to one or two songs. This was just weird and good and fun and just unexpectedly bopping. It kind of comes on you. Go, oh, okay. Yeah, possible. I like that. I, I'm taking notes. Mother Mother. Ghosting. Mm-hmm. That's the band, and um, ghosting is the song, and Imagine. it's it's thematically appropriate because it it speaks about Hallow's Eve. There you go, <gasps> Hallow's Eve, Eve of Hallows. Oh dear, that, I think I may have hurt myself. Um, what have I been listening? To? Oh, I did. Uh, uh, I pressed one of those random buttons on on Apple Music and got rock <laughs> rock hits of nineteen eighty four, which I thought was a bit mm. specific. Um, I thought, well, it was a good year. Uh, I mean, I would have been 14, so I suppose I was quite susceptible to, uh, to rock music then. Uh, but a couple of songs that I'd sort of forgotten how much I enjoyed came on, which was nice. Uh, Boys of Summer by Don Henley. Does that mean anything to you? Yeah, no. I know the Eagles. I, Don Henley's uh, solo I, I Don Henley's, um, what do you call it, Dirty Laundry? He's a full album stuff. I, I'm well-versed. Oh, well, there you go. You see, you're probably way ahead of me. As far as I was aware, though. He was in the Eagles, and he did the Boys of Summer, and that was it. Um, oh, he did a load of stuff. He had quite a quite of a, uh, a release filled solo career, to be honest. I, yeah, but uh, this one, people actually bought it. Yeah, well, no, I didn't say anybody bought them, but they were <laughs> out. <laughs> My dad bought them sometime in the late eighties, and I listened to them sometime in the early two thousands, and that was about it. <laughs> well, there you go. You see, I, you you can educate us all. With, no doubt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so that which it's a great song, it's a lovely song, and uh, Brian Adams, Canadian rocker Brian Adams, that's what he was always that was called. His first real six six string. It was the summer of '69, quite right. Um, he was. Uh, I just remember him because he was always Canadian rocker Brian. It, it's as though they were surprised <laughs> that Canada had produced a rocker. <laughs> Canada is understated and excellent. I worked in Canada for a little while, and uh, my returning vision of that country is just lovely, lovely people who just quietly go about being excellent. They don't need to show people. They don't need to yell about it. They just go about being excellent in their own lovely way. Oh, look, just for the sake of balance in the Slack, uh, there are exceptions to that rule. I'm looking at you, Slack. (laughs) Um, No, I I agree. There is something. uh, I'll tell you what I keep discovering is how many bits of software I own that are Canadian. Mm, yeah, there's quite a few big software outfits, especially in, uh, I would say, Toronto. They don't pronounce the second T, so it'd be Toronto. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, there's several big outfits there that would do, I think Shopify are based there, which you would use. Yep, yeah, Shopify is Canadian. And then there's, um, uh, what do I say, MacPaw, who do uh, Clean My Mac. And yeah. the... Um, is it Fantastical? Are they up there as well? Or are they in the state? I can't remember. I, I just keep getting invoices and going, oh, Canada. Canada. Oh, Canada. <laughs> There's a maple leaf. Oh, good. Yes. That's how they're, <laughs> that's how they're so wealthy. Um, so reading. What are you reading, TJ? Anything good? 
I was trying to read other books. I meant to read Flatland in, uh, in anticipation of telling you what it read like, but then forgot. Uh, and so I was just reading more Terry Pratchett's. I've written Terry Pratchett's instead of this plural. Uh, sorcery, S-O-U-R-C-E-R-Y. Uh, what, what is that? S-I-C? That's the spelling that they intended. Um, it's it's the next book in the Terry Pratchett Discworld okay. series. It's good. Okay. It's a crossover with some other characters from the first and second books. I know some people in the Slack weren't terribly happy with some of the wizard characters from the first and second books. They thought they were a bit middling. Mm-hmm. But I'm really enjoying it. I think it's it's written really well, as always, as expected. Uh, and it delivers uh, just enthusiastic reading from me every time. Where I can open, well, I don't open the book because it's on a Kindle. I turn the Kindle on and uh, I can read for 15, 20, 30 minutes and just enjoy every second of it. Yeah, I mean, I, you know you're on to something good when there's a, you know, there are established canon of arguments about the relative merits of different characters <laughs> across the series. Yeah, people cared that much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, okay, so we really are talking about absolutely brilliant down to really, really good. That That's the scale that we're, <laughs> we're in. You're between an 8 and a 10, and there's a lot of discussion in between that 8 and 10. <laughs> yeah, and anybody that mentions a 7 just gets shot. All right. Out of hand, bang, away you go. <laughs> nice. What about you? Uh, I've been uh, carrying on my my sort of stand at the moment. So I'm reading uh, in the Kindle uh, every night, one chapter before I go to bed. Uh, and I'm on the third Joe Garrity book. Um, I don't know what it's called because uh, Kindle doesn't have the title at the top of each page, which is clearly an old person's way of remembering what they're reading, is that it's written sort of right in front of me. And you I can tap the top and it'll tell you. I yeah, know, you got to press a button. I, I I tap things and all sorts of nonsense happens. Uh, you know, just write on the back in a sharpie, and then you can turn the Kindle over and go, "Oh, that's from reading." And then when you finish it, you can put a line through it. Yeah, uh, I, I might need a bigger Kindle, but I can see where you're going. With that. <laughs> this is hand, handy hints for Stu's next decade, I think. Um, so yeah, that's it for me. Drinking? Are you drinking anything good? I had a few gimlets at oh. your uh, request. Any they good? Were excellent. Really, uh, really good. Really enjoyed them. Uh, and I, I dare say I'll probably have one or two this evening as well, just to kind of relax. I'm, I'm technically off today. I booked off work. So it's weird nowadays booking off work means staying at home and not turning on my one of my laptops. <laughs> it's not really all that different from being in work because uh, I'm still working on the computer. <laughs> so it's like, ah, I'm not working today. And that means I don't open this email account. Hooray. <laughs> uh, but I am off today. And so I'm looking forward to relaxing later. Watch a little bit of Bake Off, drink a gimlet or two. It's, it's going to be a wonderful evening, I think. Oh, lovely. That's a very nice thing. I've, I have been uh, drinking, what have I been drinking? Oh, Perrier. I think I just had the last Perrier. Oh, my God. Um, which is just uh, fancy French water, obviously. Uh, and in a moment, I will be getting up and going to the fridge and uh, just getting some normal water from normal, you know, water from the water main, uh, which comes via the fridge because we're very high tech here. Um, and well, that's about it really. I, oh, uh, today, I think, is it today? I'm not going to touch my phone just in case it blows up, but today is 300 dry days for me Could, oh, it, well done. In, a, in a row, uh, excluding obviously sips in various and sundry cocktail bars of Cyprus. <laughs> excluding the stealth assassin cocktails that were slipped into your midst by unsuspecting barman. Exactly. Uh, so yes, uh, I, <laughs> 60 something days ago 66 i suppose it's a leap year isn't it so um 
Of course, yeah. Yeah, tough. There we go. It's a walk in the park. Lots of people are saying to me, so are you going to start drinking again? To which I've got this sort of, um, you know when the doctor taps you on the knee with that little hammer? I, I've got a reaction. reaction. Yeah, I've got a reaction exactly <laughs> the same. So, of course I am. Um, but, uh, you, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how my relationship with alcohol is going to, to start again. Because um, I have a feeling that I might go, right, I'm going to have a drink and then pass out after a glass of wine. Um, <laughs> Just go to the bar and then it's a 50-50 chance. Order, uh, <laughs> you know, a virgin mojito or something. Yep. And then whatever turns up, it, it might break your fast. It might not. We'll see. They, oh, that's, that's living on the edge there, Cosgrove. That's just, <laughs> just risk-taking all the way. I mean, A, going to a bar in these times is pretty dangerous stuff. Well, that's true. That's true. Uh, and that's the other thing is that uh, today, in fact, I'm supposed to be at a, a big lunch, um, I suppose commiserating the fact that I'm leaving one golf club and going to another, uh, except... You know, the, the Slack conversation, well, I think it's a WhatsApp group, sort of went from, yeah, really looking forward to it, mm, to, uh, do you think we should? I mean, should should yeah. we perhaps postpone? Should, should we? What do you think? Um, and one of those wonderful sort of everybody being polite in the group conversation until eventually I said, well, I'm not going. Uh, and given that it was my my goodbye, dear, I think everybody went, okay, <laughs> we, we can probably call it off. Um but yes, let's not get back into that little conversation. Good Lord. Uh, so that's that's all I'm drinking. A bit of coffee in the morning, I suppose. Uh, what about buying, TJ? What is getting the Cosgrove millions? <laughs> so I haven't bought my iPhone, newsflash. I have been on the Apple website several times. I've priced it up. I basketed it, but I haven't bought it yet. You're... I'm not sure what I'm waiting for anymore. Uh, I am. <laughs> I am seriously considering the 12 Pro now. And I, oh, right. I said last episode that I wasn't, but that I reserved the right to change my mind. Yep. And I have changed my mind. So I might get the 12 Pro. And this is a this discussion we had offline um, where it was about, okay, how much am I willing to pay for, say, three to four years? And what am I going to mm. use it for? And is it, you know, it, all that nonsense that lets me reconcile the fact that I'm going to spend too much money on something I don't really need. But I haven't bought it yet. I probably will buy it. I think I'm now waiting for the Pro Max to come out. Just. Yeah. Not because I want one. And again, I will preface this with, I have no intentions of buying the Pro Max, but I reserve the right to buy the Pro Max should I want to buy the Pro Max whenever I see it. Again, we'll see. Mm. Uh, I now have the AirPods, which was a transition towards the Apple ecosystem again. And they're yep. great and I'm really enjoying them and they work really, really well, even with stuff that they don't work really well with. Um, and I do think, okay, yeah, this is the first step. And that was a, a stepping stone towards more integration. And I, I like this. And I will get an iPhone. I'm now just trying to finalize what, where, and when. And there was a couple of news reports about the quality of the iPhone 12 and the Q, what is it, QA issues with mm -hmm. the MagSafe charger scratching the cases and a few other bits and pieces. I was like, oh, I wonder, should I just, maybe there's a, uh, uh, just waiting. I don't know. I'm not entirely sure what I'm waiting for, but I am waiting nevertheless. The other thing that I bought was a little paint. We've been doing a lot of DIY around the house, and I'll get on to that in parish notices, but we bought several tins of paint a week or two ago, lots of different colors and lots of different things, and uh, silicon caulk to do the, the edging of the bath, and tile paint, and spray paint for different materials, all this stuff, gubbins it's everywhere. Exciting. Uh, and then uh, the new Mrs. Cosgrove, 
has uh, taken up some baking again. She's done baking in the past. She's very talented, but she decided after, I think it was Bake Off that spurned it back on. But um, for the wedding, she'd made her own sausage rolls, which were phenomenal. They were amazing. Um, and that was great. We had a little picnic for everybody with those. And then the other week she made chorizo soda bread. If you've never had soda bread, try it. Chorizo soda bread is even better. Or chorizo soda bread, if you want to be more authentic. Uh, it was stunning. Really, really, really good. Uh, and we got a new oven. I had to buy a new oven. I don't know if I discussed that a couple of episodes ago. The oven blew up, bought a new oven. That's fine. So we can bake in an environment that isn't crusty and rubbish. So I ended up buying baking supplies for the missus. Uh, so she got a, is it a banatine? Banatine? It's a proving basket. So it looks okay. like a little wicker basket that you put uh, Joe in so it can prove and rise. And then a little razor blade thing for scarring the top of sourdough, I'm told. It's like a little, like you do a little mask of Zaro Z and then it, when it, it's in the oven, it rises up and creates that crackly puff top thing on your, your bread. Yeah, yeah. That sounds and, fabulous. Mm, spring form tins for cakes. Don't know why we needed them. I thought we had some. Apparently we needed more. And spatulas. We have a, an, an order of four spatulas arriving today between 7 p.m. and 8 p.m. Good Lord. Well, I mean, a home without spatulas is just a house. <laughs> so it's all go. I haven't bought anything exciting, but I have bought a lot of things. Oh, good work. Good work. I, I, with the iPhone, uh, I suppose I should give the update of where I am, because obviously, as has been previously stated 11 times, I'm not buying an iPhone. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I, the, I saw a lot of the articles uh, that you're talking about, and there seems mm-hmm. to be... Uh, there was an initial lean towards iPhone 12, pretty good. iPhone 12 Pro, well, hmm. uh, um, iPhone 12 Pro Max is going to be amazing. There's there's a huge sort of momentum of people going, that's the one, that's the one. That's I think because it's got all the stuff, all the things, uh, none of which I understand instantly. Um, to me, it just looks bigger than the other. Um, yeah, that's what's holding me back because it's a better camera and it's mm. slightly, is it even slightly faster? I'm not sure that it is. Um, it's obviously a bigger screen, but it's a slightly better sensor and the sensor yeah. is image stabilized, which is great, but eh, do you need it? and it does slightly different Dolby Vision stuff. It's, it's very nominal stuff. And yeah. It's an extra chunk. And then I'm going to be carrying an, a small iPad in my pocket all day. So I'm not sure that it's for me. Well, and then I saw a tweet from someone. Uh, which sort of summed up exactly where I am. And I had no idea I was here. So that, that's how bright I am, which is that I'm sort of lusting after the, the idea of the mini because mm. um, like the uh, phones are too big. That's, that's my starting point. Phones too big. Um, I'm wearing shorts most of the time. I, I just want a little phone that fits in my pocket, please. And it's great that it does all this funky stuff and that's fabulous. You don't need to be huge to do that. And somebody tweeted, and I forget who, um, so apologies, somebody will know this, uh, that all the people in my boat may well be surprised when they pick up the Mini, because we're all using bigger phones, if, if you're in the iPhone world anyway. So will I pick up a Mini and go, oh, actually, this feels a bit small in comparison to my 10, which yeah. is broadly the equivalent of the 12. 
Um, and people who have moved from the 10 to the 12 have said, yeah, the 12 feels the same size. Technically, I think it's slightly different, but it f- feels pretty much the same. Yeah. So moving down might be, might be challenging. And then I further had a conversation with a friend of the show, um, uh, Man About Town, an excellent notebook designer of Dapper Notes, Enon, who's, he's a small phone man as well. So he's got the SE, but he's waiting for the mini um, that, you know, he's due an upgrade and we were talking about. Oh, so he's, he's got the original SE, not the new one? Uh, yeah, he's got the first. I, th- I think he said to me he picked up four or five on eBay as spares because he was concerned Fair that enough. You know, the little phone was disappearing. And apparently you can pick them up for, you know, for buttons, uh, you know, $40 or something. Um, that's a terribly organized sort of person, isn't he? Terribly organized. Very good. Very good. Um, Spare phones one through five. We've got those yeah. in the cupboard, labeled and bagged. Exactly. So <laughs> I, was, I was like, A, I was jealous of that. Uh, and B, I was thinking, Jill, I really need to get these phones in hand um, before I drop whatever it is. Yeah. Seven, eight hundred pounds on one. Um, and of course, I'm not buying one anyway. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> so enlighten me to this. My last iPhone was an iPhone 5. Yeah. Am I going to be impressed by the size of the Mini? Is it going to be like, oh, a small upgrade when I get the Mini? If I get the Mini, I'm not going to get the Mini. But yeah, It's an iPhone 5. Uh, yours is going to be... Yeah, that's what I thought. Slightly larger, but uh, not so that you'd know without seeing them side by side. Right, because I'm on an S8, which is a pretty big phone anyway. And yeah. the, like my, Meg has an iPhone 11 for work, so I've, I've got them side by side. I've held an iPhone 11. It's slightly wider than mine. It's nice. It's comfortable. The 12, as you say, and the 12 Pro. 12 and 12 Pro are identical. The 12 series is largely the same dimensions, but a larger screen as the 11. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it'll be fine. It's not, I don't actually need a small phone. I don't really mind, but I don't want the big phone, if that makes sense. We had this conversation before about iPads and when the transition happens, but I think I'd rather have the big iPad and the normal phone mm. rather than the small phone and the big iPad. Sure. Sure. I mean, it's, as you, as you said at the start of all this, none of us need any of it. Um, no. Oh, it's all well, nonsense, but well, it's, it's fun. Nonsense. That's true. Everybody needs a habit. A habit? Everybody needs a habit. No, everybody needs a hobby, is what I'm trying to say. Or indeed a hobby. A vice, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what have I been buying? Oh, okay. Well, allow me to take you, take you on a little story. We've got time for a tangent. Yeah, we've got time. Little, little Caprula and I, Caprula, uh, for those that don't know, is my Nissan March, uh, I believe from 2004, um, a Japanese import, because the Japanese have got very strict rules about cars. And so after three years, they get rid of their cars. Uh, and a lot of really? them, yeah, a lot of them come to Cyprus, um, wow. wh- where very, very talented people called Stavros and Costas move the steering wheel from one side to the other, uh, <laughs> which in itself is a scary concept, but it happens. It does, honestly. Um, and those cars get sold here. And uh, actually, the, don't tell anybody that quite a lot of the, the higher cars are, are Japanese import. So that's, that's Caprula. She's my lovely car that I picked up ooh, about 18 months ago um, for, uh, well, uh, shall we say, a few thousand euros. Uh, 
the jalopy. That's what we called the episode, wasn't it? A jalopy. <laughs> yeah, jalopies, plural. The, yeah. I'm uh, the proud owner of a absolute rust bucket as well. Although I think uh, mine's probably worse than yours. Well, she's um, she's a lovely little car, but she is quite small, uh, and uh, I'm not. So I look a bit like <laughs> a bit like a bear in a pushchair, but it works. Um, and normally her duties are to take me to the golf course and back. That's pretty much all she does. And the occasional run to the shop, shall we say. Well, because I'm doing this project thing, I had to go to Paphos, which is, um, I suppose, about an hour's drive. Mm-hmm. And um, I was going to a meeting in Paphos, and it was hot. So I thought, they've invented something for this. This is a solved problem. Air conditioning. <laughs> so <laughs> what I'll do is I'll turn the air conditioning on and acknowledge that that may slow Caprula a little because she's only got a certain amount of power. And if some of it's going to the air conditioning, then the engine gets a little less. So I did that, and she got me to the meeting, and the meeting went very well, I'm happy to say. And then I had a little sort of rumble around uh, Paphos, you know, a little bit of city driving. She's a nippy little thing, perfect for that. Uh, Went to a couple of places, found a few uh, sort of locations I was looking for, and then drove back home to discover that I was then doing a vet run in the afternoon. So uh, <laughs> uh, Mrs. L was convinced something was wrong with Charlie, so we had to take him to the vet, which is not our usual vet, but a vet down in mm. Limassol, which is, I suppose, about 40 minutes the other way. So fine, I had ah. my lunch, jumped in there, and again, I thought, aha, it's hot and I have a dog. Right, I'll put the air con. Um, so drove down to Limassol, Went to the vet. Charlie's fine. Everything's good. Good. Uh, was coming back from the vet and the, the engine fuel light, not fuel light, um, temperature light. Warning. Yes. Yeah. Oh, It looks very much like a, um, it's, it's one of those symbols. There's two of them. One of them is a green one and one of them is a red one. The green one's good and the red one's bad. That's all I can tell you. Um, but it had the look of something to do with temperature. And the fan, uh, usually when I stop Kiprula, um, there's a sort of fan noise that goes on for a few minutes afterwards. And I just think it's very clever yeah. te- technology. What a wonderful thing. Uh, it, was, it was shouting. It sounded like an overworked MacBook Air. Oh, no. It's trying not, to take off. <laughs> not, not, not even a MacBook Air, a MacBook Pro of, I don't know, the 2015 version. <laughs> That doesn't sound good. That does not sound good. Like a hairdryer in a storm. Yeah. So technical wizard that I am, I thought, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do nothing. I'm going to stop. I'm going to open the bonnet. That in itself is something that, well, I only achieve about once every couple of years. <laughs> and so I opened the bonnet and did what all men do and sort of peered at the engine, pretending to be knowledgeable. I honestly look at an engine. I've got no idea what any of it is. That's the extent of my my expertise. There is none. And I saw where the water goes, or coolant, to those in the know. And there's a big sign on it that, broadly speaking, says, open this when it's hot and you'll die, sort of thing. Yes. "Hmm, Probably best not to do anything with that. I do have a bottle of water in the car, but pouring it into this thing where I can see sort of steam coming around the edges, Probably not best. Yeah. Have you ever been to a sauna? Uh, oh, yes. Big fan of saunas. It's not like that. It's more right. like a volcano of hot, 
not water, coolant. So it really not pleasant, not something you want to do. Okay, so I, I was right in that assessment. So what I did was <laughs> was quite a lot of nothing. So I sort of stood around for a bit and then thought, right, okay, Kiprula, you and I are going to make this happen. And it was evening had fallen, so the temperatures had cooled, sort of the ambient te- temperature had cooled. And uh, I got a decent run. I didn't have to wait in too much traffic. So there was, uh, you know, a nice breeze coming through the front. I had all the windows open, all of the heating systems on full blast to try and bring the hot air away from the engine, the only way it could come, which was onto my face. So <laughs> not necessarily the prettiest of pictures, but I thought effective. I thought this is, this is what a mechanic would do, Stuart. Uh, and so we fought our way up the mountain, got to the top of the mountain, and I went to bed. That's pretty much the the end of that episode. The next day, uh, a friend of mine who's um, a mechanic by trade popped around, and I said, "Okay, so let's have a look at this." And uh, he he sucked his teeth quite a lot, uh, and we did these bits and pieces, and he would test this and test that and turn that and let's do this. And I said, "Well, there's definitely not enough coolant." And he said, "Yeah, yep, yeah, no, you're absolutely right, Stuart." What we're trying to work out is why there isn't any coolant. Where is it gone? <laughs> yeah. Ah, well, it's not on the floor, I said helpfully. Um, and we looked around and looked around and looked around. I couldn't find it. And he said to me, he said, hmm, I think your head gasket's going. And I went, that's not a good sign. Right. The head, the head gasket is the most important gasket, is it? That's the big boy gasket. It's, that well, yeah, all the other tells, gaskets report to the head gasket. Exactly. Other, other gaskets salute in his presence. <laughs> uh, and, and he said, yep. I said, okay, so we're, that will need replacing then. Uh, and somehow or other, I don't know how it happened, but I said to him, so, so what's a, a gasket made of? He said, well, cardboard. But sorry? <laughs> he said, well, it's a sort of compressed cardboard. I said, oh, well, that won't be very expensive. He said, well, well, it's probably going to be, what, 400? Uh, oh, ah, oh. Mm. Said, Why is it so much? That's I mean, more hundreds than I thought. I've got, I've got loads of cardboard here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's not really the cardboard. It's the work, because you have to take that off and do this. And then he started using big words, and I just nodded as it flew over my head. So he said, look. I know the fella down at the garage, who I know as well. So, um, I'll come down with you if you like, and then I, you know, I'll take you back in my car. I'll follow you down, and you bring you back. Okay, that's great. Take her down. We talk to the the guy in the garage. First of all, there's the whole ah, it's you, hey, Mick. Anyway, so everybody's introduced themselves. Mick says, "I think it's the head gasket." And he, they're speaking some sort of mechanic language, neither English nor Greek. <laughs> so, something is going on between them that I'm not really privy to. I'm, I'm just standing on the edge there. Uh, presumably, my credit card's going to be required at some point. That, that was what I thought. And then, then the Cypriot fellow he looks at me and he goes, "Twice I've done it with this car." Because again, technical people will know what this means, but you. Uh, you skim the surfaces between the gasket, which, I, as I understand, effectively you're sanding it, but you're sanding aluminium, so it's you know yes. a little bit tricky. And the top bit—that's the technical term for it. 
you can you can skim that fairly easily because you pull it out and you know stick it on your workbench. The bottom bit is essentially the car, and so you can't. <laughs> Harder to put on a workbench. Yeah, so you can't really skim that. And and it's twice I've done it with this car, and both times. The problem hasn't gone away. The problem being that you get leakage of air or, or, or fluid. Um, is it air into the fluid? Fluid into the air? One of the two. Uh, so that everything starts boiling over. So you get a lot of air going into that radiator, which comes up as froth when you open the little cap. Uses up all your, your coolant and uh, causes your big end to go, or well, whatever the hell happens. I don't know. <laughs> you said, basically, it doesn't work. I can do it for you. I said, okay, so you can do it for me and charge me and and then tell me that it doesn't work. Yeah, that's pretty much. Okay, that doesn't sound a great plan. No, it's not a great plan. Well, have we got any alternatives? And I swear to you, I was not expecting this. He looked at me. He went, we could put a new engine in. (laughs) Oh. I believe I responded. Oh. And so I turned to Mick and said, is he having a laugh? And he said, well, won't cost much more to put the engine in as it were to change a gasket. I mean, once you've bought the engine, of course. That, that little, little thing you've added at the end, then, that's important. <laughs> that qualifying statement is extremely important. <laughs> because I, I don't want to point this out because I'm sure you fellas know what you're talking about. But where on God's name am I going to find an engine for a 2004 Nissan March from Japan? Oh, um, I'll phone a couple of people. Sorry? Two phone calls later. Yeah, we've got one for you. Came in from Japan last month. Pretty decent name. 500 and a bit for you. I looked at Mick. Mick went, it's not bad, that. And so then we had a big discussion about the fitting costs and blah, blah, blah. Long story short, well, long story long, uh, Kiprula is still at the doctors, or uh, mechanics, as some people call it, um, and she's going, to, she's going to have a new engine. An engine otomy? Uh, yes, the engine otomy. Uh, the, uh, the full, all her cylinders are being changed. She's, you know, <laughs> it, it's the whole, the whole shebang. Um, who, whose broom is it? Is it? Was it Schrader's broom or something? You know, this is a wonderful broom, but the head's been changed twice and the handle four times. Oh, do you not mean, um, not Schrodinger's cat, you mean the ship of Theseus? Do I? Is that what I meant? <laughs> well, well I, maybe there's another analogy, but the ship of Theseus is a ship where they kept changing the planks of the ship and eventually it wasn't the same ship anymore because they basically replaced every single part of it towards it. the end, so it wasn't the ship. Yeah, that's it. That, that will be Kibrula. She will be remade, <laughs> redone. Because while it's all we, being done... We have the technology. <laughs> exactly. I, I'm, I'm going down there and saying, look, while you're in there, central locking's a bit, you know, ropey. Um, <laughs> I, I said that to him and he went, no. Uh, oh, <laughs> okay. Different well, part of the car. Yeah, you're not going to well, touch that. <laughs> that. That electric went, no. Oh, right. Okay, good. So she's just going to have a new engine. So in my sort of daydreams, what's happening is that she's going to come out and she's going to look as she's always looks, which is, you know, don't think she can hear me. She's a little bit tired. 
but she's going to come back now with a sort of vroom, a sort of you know, <laughs> zoomy like engine. Seventy six Mustang. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm going to be sitting at the traffic lights with some you know some bright spark in his Mercedes. <laughs> uh, I'm going to floor it. That's whoosh. Leave this car in my. That's how it's working in my mind. <laughs> in the car biz, they call that a sleeper. <laughs> well, there you go. She is going to be a sleeper. And uh, I may have to change her name. She may now have to be called iPhone 12 because that, that's where the budget's gone. Uh, the I'm not buying an say, iPhone 12. Mm, you're right, you know. You could uh, print out a picture of it and stick it on the, uh, the bonnet and just wonder. This is the Maxi Max. <laughs> Slightly smaller than an iPad and slightly larger than a Pro Max. You think those are headlights? Those, my friend, are lenses. Um, <laughs> yeah. So there we go. That's that's my uh, my sort of oh terrible terrible buying mm. thing. I've I've bought an engine, um, <laughs> which then somebody's going to put into a car for me next week, and hopefully it will all work. I hope it's one of those Mad Max jobs with the tailpipe sticking out the front <laughs> and the big fender things coming out of it, and just crazy. Oh. The big, like, big, big cylinders on the bonnet. Yeah. Yeah. Shoots fire when you rev it, all that jazz. Uh, and I have to stick my head out of the window to drive it. Yeah. <laughs> which, which, in fairness, I have to kind of do now. I mean, we're almost at the point where I could rip the front seat out and sit on the back seat. Um, it, it is quite a small car <laughs> and it's a micro. Uh, I'd have to fold you. I'd have to fold you three times to get you in there. <laughs> My little Ford Fiesta is one of those cars that I'm just shocked every time it works. Like genuinely like, oh my God, you're still alive. Wow. Okay. Like I keep going out and I'm not driving a lot at the minute. And when we are driving, we use Meg's car because it's nice. Uh, but I'll go out and I'll turn it over and I'll leave it running for a little bit just to make sure the engine's going. Just check the oil and do, do bits and pieces. And every time it's like, a well, that's probably the, oh, okay, cool. I wasn't expecting that. You continue to surprise me, Ford. Well, fair play to them. There's a great advert for them. <laughs> what about parish notices? What's happening in the world of Cosgrove? Uh, in the, the boring stuff, I'm in the midst of doing SQL, <gasps> Structured Query Language. SQL, databases and SQL. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is good. I'm learning a lot of stuff. I'm doing a lot of stuff. Uh, but it's keeping me busy. Um, and while I'm enjoying it, and it's, it's, I always love learning, it is busy. Uh, in more exciting things, uh, I mentioned painting bathrooms the other day and buying paint to paint said bathrooms. I managed to convince my wife to let me paint one of our rooms all one colour, including the ceiling. Which you've called the roof in the show notes, which is yeah, much nicer. <laughs> I've, I've got visions of a little outhouse now that's just blue. <laughs> I mean, it could be, it could be. The, so our, to give you an insight into our house, we have three bathrooms. We have one downstairs. I say which, what? Yeah, we have one downstairs, which if you closed your eyes and didn't see the toilet, could be a cupboard. It mm-hmm. is very small. It's basically a sink and a toilet, and that's yep. about it. We have the big family bath upstairs, which has the bath and the toilet and the sink, and that's nice big bathroom. And then we have an ensuite, and the ensuite has the shower in it and a sink and toilet. That's fine. So the downstairs bathroom is tiny. There are no exterior windows, and it has one pendant light above. It's a really dark room anyway. And so I was like, I know what I'll do. I'm going to paint all of this dark blue. Mm. And so it's like walking into 
Meg likened it to a cheap nightclub in the first time when we put the first coat on. The second coat, it gets a little bit more like a cosmic void, which I very much appreciate. Uh, but you go in and because the light is on a pendant with a little shade that directs the light down, above it just looks like nighttime. It's just pitch black. Uh, but it, it's very, very cozy and cool. I don't know. I like it. I'll take some photos and stick them in the Slack. It's a tiny room anyway. Uh, and it's very eclectically. Um, can't you get the, the the little the, uh, the lampshade on the pendant light and just put little pinpricks in it and you could have stars you on the wall. Uh, see, stars. That's what you big bucks. Um, we were also talking about those glow-in-the-dark ones that you might have had in your bedroom when you were 10. Uh-huh. I'd stick those all over the roof, but that might look a wee bit tacky. But it was good crack. And it was a lot easier than trying to paint the ceiling. Whoever painted our houses before we bought it used, I think, a mixture of uh, spit and milk or something something equally ineffectual to paint the ceilings because the paint comes off if you sneeze near it like we put <laughs> tape on to tape around the edges to get a nice clean line because i don't do any of that cutting in i tape everything it is pristine the lines in my house are very precise <laughs> but then i did that and i'd done that before in several other places and it worked lovely i did it here and went oh look at that nice clean line pulled off the tape and half the ceiling came with it i was like oh. <laughs> <laughs> right gonna have to repaint the ceiling now <laughs> i've doubled my work and so i looked at this tiny little bathroom and it was full of little backwards and forwards and awkward shapes and i was like no i'm painting everything i'm using one roller i'm using one tin of paint everything is going this color i might even paint the floor at this stage which is just all going down and meg was hesitant to say the least uh but i think she's coming around um i think it's really cool and it's different and my my sort of omission was, look, if it's rubbish, if this was a, a dumb idea on my part and it's bad, I'll repaint the ceiling white. And it'll take 97 coats, but I'll repaint say, it white. For the rest of my life. Because <laughs> she was like, well, what if we try and sell? I'm like, Meg, we're not going to sell this house for another three to four years. So that sounds like a mid-30s TJ problem rather than a <laughs> pre-30s TJ problem. Oh, I, can, I can hear the episode already. Stuart, I've put 46 <laughs> coats on it. I can still see the blue. It's just lilac. It's just lilac noise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but I, I was I was excited. I'll take a photo and stick it in Slack for everyone to see and you can comment on how it's a bad idea and give me all your wonderful life lessons of how you did this back in your 20s and it was a terrible idea that you're still looking. So I look forward to knowing why it was wrong. Oh, well, one day, one day when we're, we're suffering for, for episodes, I'll, I'll tell you about the orange kitchen. I'll, you'll enjoy that. Um, so what's happening? Well, apart from my, my wars with Caprula, uh, and I, as I hinted, I, I trip to the vet with, with Charlie. Uh, the Charlie update, um, was, I was at obedience training this morning, um, and I did everything I was asked, so uh, I get a prize. Full uh, stars. He, he's, he's an absolute dude. Um, I've never ever. I've known Jack Russells before. Those my family, my my mum's side, have always had Jack Russell, and they are they're sort of gnarly. Uh, they are the hard men. They are the wiry little Glaswegians of the dog world. If they um, didn't need their front legs, they'd be carrying TVs with that kind of swagger when they walk towards you. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and the wire-haired ones, particularly, I find because they, it's like they've got armor. Or something. So, we <laughs> we go to this uh, to get to this obedience training. 
you sort of turn off a it is a bit like breaking bad uh, when you sort of turn into the <laughs> desert and you think where the hell am i going and it's like just go past the allotments and then it becomes a bit of a rough track which means that there Once are you holes. see the dunes keep going yeah there are holes about 20 foot deep you know you, you can't like, <laughs> <laughs> so we get to the little place there's a little agility track and all that stuff uh, and it's mostly Brits. It's all Brits, bar there's one Russian lady who comes. So there's, um, I think there's six of us on the course, and Spice comes with Margaret um, as, in theory, a spectator, but now she's part of the class. She, she graduated last year, so she just comes back and shows off to all the, all the other dogs. And there's this sort of meet and greet that happens outside you know, where we're all waiting for teacher. Hi, how you doing? None of us have got a clue what each other's names are. We just know what the dogs are called. <laughs> and the, the dogs are all doing their meet and greets, which obviously involves some doggy type meeting and greeting. And there's a couple of enormous dogs. Um, they are, I don't know the name of the breed, but they've got sort of quite jowly faces. They look like Great Danes, but with jowly faces. And they're jet black. And there's, I'm not going to be able to help you here, but yeah. As some, somebody will know. I mean, I can look it up. But uh, what they're both puppies, so they're in their sort of, you know, six, six to nine months, these two dogs. Um, and one of them, I swear to you, has got feet the size of A5 notebooks. Um, oh, but, <laughs> but with this sort of, you know, thin, skinny legs and sort of gangly, yeah. not quite put together body. It looks like a cross between a giraffe and an elephant. And it comes bounding over and every other dog and human in the place dives for cover. Okay, I'm cowering and I weigh a lot. And I'm thinking, okay, brace again, brace for impact. <laughs> Charlie stands there as these A5 books land either side of his head and just looks up and whacks his tail at this dog. He's completely <laughs> impervious to fear. He's just not bothered at all. There's dust flying about him as this thing goes. Come on, let's play, let's play. Charlie just looks at him and goes, You think? Come on in. Let's go for it. Oh, he's amazing. He's a wonderful little dog. Um, <laughs> and, and uh, you know, wh whenever, whenever I ask him to do something, he does whatever it is that he wants to do, uh, which occasionally is what I've asked him to do. So I, I'm taking that as a win. <laughs> Sometimes they overlap. Exactly. Um, Mrs. L, I think, is, is bound to soon have some sort of nervous breakdown. Um, she's used to all the men in her life doing exactly what she tells them to do, uh, which is, <laughs> is, is perhaps I've spoiled her in that regard. Um, and again, Charlie just looks at her and goes, and you are who exactly? I can't remember. No, no idea. Uh, but he just wants everything to be fun. Uh, so he wakes up at three in the morning and jumps on the bed and goes, Cool. Let's go do stuff. So, get off. Ah, <laughs> uh, there you go. So that, that's that's my life. And I've this new project that I've started. Um, I've, I've sort of just about getting going on that. And I, I, you know, we touched on it before. This whole sort of me and the corporate world banging heads against each other, going, "Oh wow, this is a bit different." Um. Uh, but then, yeah, it's challenging. It's interesting, and I've discovered a whole new circle of hell called Microsoft Teams. <laughs> um, Welcome to the yes. pain. <laughs> yes, and uh, I, I, told, I don't think I told you there was. I think I told you we spoke about this off off show. 
But um, mm. there was a whole sort of log jam in the process because I didn't have all the IT access that I needed. And from what I could ascertain, the IT access was being held back by HR mm. who were waiting for uh, me to sign the contract that they hadn't sent me. So it was <laughs> one of those wonderful corporate things that was going around in circles. And then the logjam cleared and suddenly I was provided with an email address, which was the beginning of unlocking all of these wonderful cabinets that I, that I need to get into. And as I was doing it, I, I recognize, I think it was, I think it was the wording of something that made me go, I know who sent that. And this is a guy I used to work with. Whoa. 10, 15 years ago. And so I dropped him a note sort of offline and said, you wouldn't happen to be doing the IT for XXX company, would you? I thought it was you, he replied. So I could have completely <laughs> circumvented the whole thing weeks ago. But anyway. Uh, and so, yes, he, he, he talked me through installing uh, Microsoft Teams on everything I own. Uh, it's on the kettle, the toaster. Um, the smart fridge. <laughs> yep. And God, Microsoft, they like their notifications, don't they? Oh, aren't they big oh, yes. fans of that? So I get notifications pop up on everything I own, uh, beeps. Uh, and then just in case that hasn't happened, they send me an email to say, I've just sent you a notification. They're wonderful. Wouldn't want you to miss anything. It's great. And, uh, you know, so-and-so has changed their status. You know, I'm looking for the I don't care button. Um, but anyway, that's, that's all a very eye-opening and I suppose lots of fun, really. I'm just being grumpy. Old. Ah, well, there we go. You've written in the show notes, Season of the Witch. Mm-hmm. Explain yourself, young man. So... This episode's on the 30th of October. That's when we're recording it. It'll come out after that. So Halloween will already be over. But I hadn't done any prep work. And so I was like, ah, oh, what's topical? And tomorrow was Halloween. So I figured, ah, Halloween. What do I know about Halloween? My favorite Halloween movie, not only to watch at Halloween, but also within the Halloween franchise, uh, is Halloween 3, which is Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Uh, a film that took what Halloween 1 and Halloween 2 uh, did so well, put it in the bin and tried something completely incomprehensibly different, which was to focus on Sam Hain, the Irish sort of genesis of, of Halloween, and a toy mask company that's trying to kill, I think they're trying to sacrifice children to open the apocalypse. It's, it's unclear what they're trying to do, but the masks have lasers in them. It's really dumb. Uh, it's a terribly wonderful film. And my favorite Halloween film. Uh, so I thought, what better nomenclature, what better name for this episode than Season of the Witch? Because it's, oh, I don't know, I don't know. What are your thoughts on, on Halloween time? On the kind of, we in the UK area have Halloween and then we have Christmas. We don't have Thanksgiving. So there's, November is kind of a lull month for us, certainly in my experience. You have October, November, back up to December. And then you're into the new year and it's all blah, 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 whatever. What do I think about Halloween? Well, look, when I saw your title, I was immediate. 
I, I grinched. I was, uh, oh, God's sake. <laughs> because for me growing up, Halloween was, yeah, I'm aware it existed. Um, it was a sort of bump in the road. Uh, there, there was, I think, back when I was a boy, uh, there, there was a little bit of trick-or-treating, but not much. Uh, there yeah. wasn't a huge tradition of massive Halloween parties and fancy dress. That uh, that was probably happening over the pond then, but it hadn't oh, hadn't yeah. got yeah. to the to the UK particularly. Uh, so it was, yeah, sweets were nice, I guess, I, and it it meant that um, Guy Fawkes was coming, and that was far more important to me. So November the fifth was. Oh, what I was looking forward to see, this is fireworks and stuff. Yeah, this is my Northern Irish showing three. We don't do that. Oh, well, yeah, I suppose that's understandable. Um, but it, that was a big thing. That was much more fun to me. That was much more interesting was the idea of burning stuff and uh, <laughs> letting off ordnance. Um, so, yeah, Halloween, I, was, I kind of missed most of it. I didn't watch a lot of horror movies as a kid. I don't know whether I was scared or just never bothered. So I've mm -hmm. not seen any of the Halloweens. Um, oh, and Michael Myers. I, well, actually, as, actor. <laughs> as, you, as you were speaking, I, I did make an oath. That's what I'll do. I'll say to the current Mrs. L, come on, Mrs. L, let's watch some Halloween movies. Because I'm sure we've got loads of them on and the various Sunday things that we yeah. watch. Um, we'll, we'll have a little Halloween night. Um, so I'm sure she hasn't watched it either. Um, so it's all a bit sort of, mm, for me. And then, the more and more it started coming over to the UK, it it came over very much as the American brand of of Halloween. Um, you know, yeah, which I think people, is a lot of what people do now. Yeah, you know, getting excited about pumpkins and you know what that's got to do with dead. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. Anyway, um, but one thing I would say is that Margaret takes it extremely seriously, but not f not in that sort of pumpkin and fancy dress way. Uh, as as people will, will have heard, Margaret is Sicilian, and uh, I joke. Well, I don't really joke. I say a lot that uh, Sicilians take death very, very seriously. Um, it's their big thing, and in fact, not very long ago, the only time a Sicilian child would expect to get presents would be Halloween. Oh well. Um, cause the, essentially the idea is that your ancestors, your dead ancestors have left you gifts, which I then suppose ties back into you getting into the whole sort of, um, you know, Mexican, South American, Spanish, that sort of whole yeah. Catholic. De los, um, de los muertos. Yeah. So in, in Sicilian, um, they call it, uh, giorno de morti, which is, uh, Day of the Dead. Um, and that's the... Largely similar, I think. Yeah, that's the second. The second, the first of November is All Saints. Um, and the second is All Souls. And on All Souls, that's, that's uh, Remorti. You go to your cemetery where your family are buried um, and you hang out um, at your, your tomb and this is for the whole day. Huh? This, this goes on for hours. Um, and 
all the various families go then and visit each other and sort of uh, around the tombs. So you visit all the dead people and pay your respects to, you know, great uncle Bulgaria and, you know, the, the family Messina and the family blah, blah. And it's all, it's all very Godfather-esque. Everybody's wearing black. There's a huge amount of candles and flowers. And it's beautiful at night, a Sicilian cemetery um, on the 2nd of November. It's beautiful. There's just all this sort of atmospheric lighting, ambient lighting. I don't know yeah. what you would call it, of uh, candlelight um, and all these flowers. And it's very, it's very somber, but also quite celebratory. It's, um, it's, it's quite, quite powerful, actually. I mean, uh, mm. I, I've always sort of steered away from it. But when we lived in the UK, Margaret every year would fly to Sicily and go to the, the village. And she would stand first at her, her mother's grave. She lost her mother quite early. Um, and now her father's buried there as well. And it was a big thing. And she would go on behalf of uh, her sisters because she was the youngest. And uh, she was the sort of family representative. But every year, somebody would accompany her. It might be one sister, it might be two. Uh, a huge thing for them. Uh, and I suppose uh, perhaps a bit more meaningful than Halloween is for us. Uh, yeah. You know, in the UK, the US, yeah, it's all, I don't know, maybe there is more to it and I've missed it. But as far as I can work out, it's just a sort of, sort of silly season, isn't it? Isn't that what it is? What, yeah. what is it for you? What is it in Northern uh, Ireland? Uh, well, Northern Ireland, we, I don't know if other people may well do, but I certainly, we didn't really celebrate Bonfire Nights so in November. As I said, it was a bit of a, a trough between Christmas and, and uh, Halloween. Um, my mom loves Halloween. My mom loves Christmas. My mom, my mom just loves holidays, um, and will will happily decorate and get everything out and do all the stuff. And um, it is sort of in the spirit of kind of an Americanized Christmas. There's a lot of pumpkins and witches and black cats and all that stuff, and it's good fun. I remember the house always smelling great, and we have lots of you know, sweets and things like that. And it was always nice as kind of like it's dark and a bit miserable, so we might as well be inside and feel cozy and feel it's it's sort of the antithesis of of christmas but for the same reasons so it's mm -hmm. your christmas is all about at least for me it's a lot of like um happiness and love and not not that nothing negative in the connotations of christmas whereas halloween is almost embracing the the spooky the dark the death that's the other side of that that coin um so yeah my experience of it was largely just that i kind of uk-based americanized christmas or halloween even but uh, certainly the the tradition in in ireland uh the island of ireland is a lot older than that and it goes back to sam Hain. and i don't know an awful lot about it but i do know that the sort of carving it would have been a turnip i think or something similar some sort of root vegetable rather than a pumpkin um you would carve that and sort of contain spirits all kinds of it's a lot of steeped in folklore kind of old school celtic um historical reasons for doing these things and then as with many things they kind of get co-opted and integrated and, uh, and brought forward and modernized and all that stuff happens but certainly my experience is that kind of americanized version of it but it was always an enjoyable like oh this is good fun and i've gone to halloween parties and done dress up and all that stuff but i mean i remember trick-or-treating maybe three or four times i think by the time i was but by the time it was really, really popular for people to do it, I was old enough to be self-conscious about wanting to go to other people's houses and ask for sweets. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like 12, 13, 14. I'm not going to go there. 
no. Oh, no, I'm going to go to the youth club. I'm going to go to a Halloween party. Uh, so it was just very much not the thing that we did. So I remember going once or twice, but not much of that. My little brother, I think, went a few more times. And then my mum always had uh, dishes of sweets and stuff for the neighborhood kids. It was always some sort of large contingent of small children between the ages of three and ten who would wander the streets with parents and go to each house and my mom loves that i think my mom enjoys the, the sort of spirit of giving and it's just a nice experience so i did that last year and the first year we moved into this house in november so we kind of missed it but the first year that we had halloween in this house i did that too i put a lot of sweets out and we had just a few decorations and really not a lot at all uh, we had a pumpkin, I think a pair of pumpkins at the door, and then we had some sweets that I put out for the kids. And that was good fun because I remember enjoying that as a kid, so I wanted to kind of propagate that um, in our neighbourhood. And there's loads of kids where we live, and they, they all come out, and they're all adorable in their little costumes, and they run around. And it's nice to see that kind of community spirit. There's a lot of positives to it. And I, I really enjoyed that. But I think this year's an odd one because... All the stuff that would be great about it is all the stuff that due to coronavirus, you don't want to go anywhere near. So this year, Meg and I, I think we're going to put a sign up and just say, look, happy Halloween. Have a wonderful night. But we don't have any sweets and we're not coming to the door. Not because we don't want to see you, but just because we don't want to, you know, it's not worth uh, a Cadbury's Dairy Milk Bar for you to come up to the door and us to exchange things. It's not necessary and it's not helpful. So... We're, I think we're kind of, it's awkward because we could just turn the lights off and pretend we're not in, but mm. I think we'll probably put up a little sign and just say, look, happy Halloween, but we're not going to be doing it this year. See you next year. Do you, do you think you'll get people uh, knocking? Oh, we do. Yeah. Uh, we have a ring doorbell. So people come up and press the doorbell just because they want to be on camera and we'll press it and watch it. And they know what it does. And the kids five or six years old will wait. Like, you can see me. Come on. <laughs> yeah, they, they do knock, um, which is good fun. You know, there's a lot of, Ninety nine percent of it was, you know, kids between uh, I don't know, two or three up to maybe ten or twelve with their parents. So the parents would be at the end of our driveway or on the path behind, you know, in front of the house, and the kids would be at the door. And so there's maybe like five or six meters between them, but the the, the parents are sort of walking them around the different houses. And that was always nice. It was nice to see, and it was always very polite. But um, I mean, you guys are in some sort of semi lockdown state at the moment, aren't you? I, I yeah. would assume that. Many parents are, are going to keep their kids home this year. Well, yeah, it's hard to say. I think the, the 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 advice I think certainly is it's not really worth that. As nice as it is, as nice as it is, it has traditions. It's not worth doing that for the sake of some chocolate. Do something in your house. That's largely been the advice I've seen. Is that why don't we go back to the, some of the more traditional things? And you can do a lot of like you can dress up, you can do stuff. Do that in your house. Do, let's just have a quiet Halloween this year. You don't need to go wander the neighborhood. You don't need to go see other people. Just keep it quiet. Keep it small. And that's that's fine by us. But I think a lot of people are maybe getting that lockdown fatigue all over, not just here. Mm. And so I think there will be a few diehards that go, no, we're not going to we're not going to miss this as well. And unfortunately, like the sentiment's great. Like, fair enough. You, you want to triumph in the face of adversity, but this adversity doesn't really care that you're triumphing and all it cares about is that it can propagate because you've gone to lots of different houses. Mm, for sure. Yeah, it's, I mean, I don't have any memory of it being a separate thing at all. Um, yeah. So I, uh, I, down in the cities, there will be the sort of, I, 
know, we keep saying the American imported version, but what I mean is that a lot of uh, Cypriots uh, go to university in the UK or in the US or both. Uh, and so, you know, they're assimilated into that culture to a great extent. But yeah, I, I don't think it's ever taken off uh, over here. So there's no real, no real door knocking. And I mean, it, it's a long way from my front gate to my front door anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. so. It's like, I think they, they started back in, I think, June and they're approaching now. Yeah, I mean, we've got a sign on the gate that says, you know, mind the land, landmines on your way up. Um, it's <laughs> it's not something that would be a thing here. But yeah, I would be very nervous. I mean, Margaret and I have been in a sort of self-imposed lockdown for, yeah. well, not lockdown, but semi-lockdown for probably about three weeks now. Uh, as the numbers started creeping up, um, I just started turning down invitations, not going to things. Uh, I'm just saying, look, I don't think it's worth it right now with the numbers going up. When the numbers start going down, we'll talk again. Exactly. And I think that's that's largely our opinion as well. It's a, we'd love to do more. We'd love to go out and do all this stuff, but it's not worth it. It's, it, you know, the inconvenience and the, the oh, the shame of missing some sort of social event is vastly outweighed by the public health necessity of doing the right thing and doing the safe thing. So yeah. we're just effectively in our houses and we go shopping and then we, video chat our folks and it it's not good it's not what i'd want but it is what we're choosing because it's the safer option sure yeah no, i'm exactly the same we were talking to a local restauranter um from whom we'd uh, we'd ordered a takeaway and and she's lovely she said you know why why aren't you guys coming anymore i said well it, it's not you um it's everyone else because as yeah. as you identified there's a whole load of people who have different views on how careful one should be, uh, how much impact we have or don't have on the spread of the of the virus. Uh, so I'm happy to go to a restaurant. I'm very, very privileged and very, very lucky, let me say that to start with. I can go and sit in a restaurant and sit outside this time of year. It's very comfortable. It's lovely. Um, and I'm happy to go and sit with, uh, with my wife and possibly even a dog or two. Um, but then people come over and want to sit with me or want to talk to me and in the nicest way, I, I want them to go away. Yeah. And it's so, there's not an easy way to broach that without seeming short or even the most reasonable person can seem unreasonable if you're like, no, no, no go away. I do. <laughs> it's, it's hard to be like, well, uh, right. As, as the listener may guess, <laughs> uh, I have no problem in communicating my feelings on that. <laughs> Margaret, I, I'm a little bit more reserved. <laughs> well, M Margaret finds it slightly socially awkward when I say to people, take one more step toward me and I will knock you unconscious. She finds that <laughs> over the top. Whereas I find it <laughs> extremely effective. People tend to stop at that point. Um, and it's, <laughs> like I say, I, I'm, uh, I've written a blog post this long time ago. I'm not in the position of judging everybody else's position on the virus. That's, it's not my job. It's not my business. But I have mine, and exactly. I yeah. personally, I'm I'm going to be as isolated as I can be. This thing spreads from person to person. If I don't see people, then I'm not going to spread it, and I'm not going to get it. Now, I know other people think that it's it's you know there are other things at play. Okay, maybe they're all right, and I'm wrong. That's fine. It's okay. Um, but for that reason, I just find it very difficult to go to those sort of environments because people say, oh, don't be silly. We've all got to die of something. You've got to live your life. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
I'd rather not die of this and I'd rather continue living my life. Thank you. Exactly. I'm like, do you, do you not look before you cross the road because we've all got to die of something? I mean, you're Muppets. Muppets. Yeah. Uh, I think that's he the said important thing well. like, <laughs> Yeah. I think we both have our own opinions about what we are comfortable doing and what we're going to do. Sure. Because it's a, I feel a sense of responsibility, both to my parents who are vulnerable and to everyone around me. And, and I'm doing what I feel is consistent with that. And I'm happy with that. I, I don't go out. I'm not, <laughs> I, I'm not doing all the stuff I want to do. And that's a sacrifice I'm happy to make because I think, look, if I'm wrong, then worst case scenario, I was too safe. I'd rather yeah, that exactly. than not safe enough. Exactly. I mean, that, I, I have this debate and I don't want to go on about this, but I have this debate all the time with a lot of my golf buddies. Yeah. Why aren't you playing golf? Right, two reasons. One, there's a pandemic killing people. Uh, two, I'm quite busy. Uh, three, my golf course happens to be closed because somebody uh, there's a tournament going on there. So yeah, watch TV, you'll see it. Aphrodite Hills, it's lovely. Um, but you know, I, the people are sort of, they're not aggressive, but very assertive. Oh, don't be stupid. Persistent. Yeah. yeah it's like, um, respectfully, no. Yeah. I mean, that I understand how people get very frustrated with that sort of thing. Uh, but that will effectively end uh, Cyprus's tourist season. So, you know, that if, if UK citizens aren't flying here and they're a huge part of the, of the volume, then the airlines, many of the airlines will stop. And so I think the politicians here are sort of, uh, they're allowing everyone else to achieve lockdown for us, if you see what I mean. Um, yeah. And, you know, our numbers are, are high, they're going up and, you know, we, we need to, to get a, get a control of the whole thing. Uh, just like everyone else does, I suppose. Yeah. There you go. <sighs> the good old COVID. Been your sad COVID update. Anyway, let's round it off with something exciting. You say you haven't watched a lot of horror movies. I, I, I knew um... you couldn't resist. I knew you. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to get hit with 730 horror movies to have watched by the next time we record. Okay, well... I'll give you three. I'll give you three. I'll give you three. Top three. Selective. Uh, Well, there's an issue of can you get these? True. She's having a moment. Google's having a moment in the corner. Um, Three films. Right. There's an issue of you not being able to potentially get these. Uh, So that's my concern. Um, Three films you should hunt out and and watch. Not necessarily this Halloween. Maybe go for five. And hopefully I can get three from five. But, but, okay, yeah. okay. Let me let me think. So first one right off the bat, one of my favorite films of all time, The Thing, nineteen eighty two. Have you ever heard about it? Know about it? Uh, I think I probably have, but I couldn't tell you what it is. You see what I mean? Okay, it's got Kurt Russell in it. Um, yeah. Early eighties, based on a nineteen fifties. It's kind of a remake of a 1950s horror movie, sci-fi movie. Um, don't want to give anything away. Very, very well put together. Really, really interesting. Set on sort of a, is it Antarctic or Arctic? I can't remember. Some sort of icy research mm-hmm. base. So it's isolated. Very, very good. Um, so that's probably one of my top films. Oh, my phone is buzzing. So despite me having Do Not Disturb on, that was a phone call coming through on my phone. It's, Which is great. It sounded like the police from 1980s. It was, it was like <laughs> it's, an old-fashioned uh, siren. 
Yeah. <laughs> so sorry about that brief interrupt. It was a spam call as well. It came up suspected scam. So oh, that was nice. really worthwhile. Uh, where did I get to? Uh, 1982. Yes. Thing. Is there any is there any Halloween link to this, or is this just pure horror? Uh, this is just a horror movie, but it's appropriate to watch scary things at Halloween. I say. Uh, the next one, which I have on a full massive poster on the wall uh, across from me. And I'm going to struggle with the year 1978, I'm going to say. Dawn of the Dead. Uh, which is a Romero film. Um, Mr. Zombie himself. Uh, this is a sequel to Night of the Living Dead, which is the sort of black and white, very, very early zombie film from 1968. And that film was kind of like the zombie film. There were other ones in and around there that sort of talked about it, but this is the seminal zombie movie that sort of every other one follows some sort of template from. And the Dawn of the Dead is the sequel to that, uh, which is in color. And it's, it's good fun. This is the one with the shopping mall. So that's like the zombie in a shopping mall thing that comes from Dawn of the Dead. Uh, it's a good film. And it's, it's a very poignant film about consumerism that's disguised as a zombie film. Okay. So it's it's definitely worth watching. I think it's 78, but I could be wrong. I will change it in the uh, show notes. Oh, what else? What else? <laughs> I'm just looking around in my room at the posters that I have because those are the films I like the best. Um, uh, you should watch Halloween 3, of course. I'm a completionist. How can I watch Halloween 3? <laughs> Halloween 3 is completely unrelated to Halloween 1 and 2. So is it John Carpenter? I think it's John Carpenter made it. Or, anyway, the, the director basically made Halloween 1 and 2, which is the Mike Myers, the white mask with the, the kitchen knife. So again, that, that instituted the idea of the kitchen knife killer kind of thing. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, I think, was in it. Uh, her mother played the woman who was killed in Psycho, which is, again, the sort of origination of that a kitchen knife thing. So th- th- Halloween 1 very very important for horror history in terms of like it's that murder in the house scary spooky faceless bad guy with a, a knife kind of thing i'm not i'm not sure Halloween it's gonna be wise for mrs l to watch that no 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 um it's it's not bad the first one's not bad the second one is it's largely more of the same uh in an era when everyone was doing like um nightmare on elm street and friday the 13th it's just uh-huh. jason and freddy they kind of did the Okay, we'll do one film, then we'll do another film, and then we'll do we'll just do a film every year or every two years. It just kept pumping films out. Yeah. Halloween went, okay, Halloween one, Halloween two, and then let's turn this into some sort of like anthology series where three is completely unrelated to the characters and story and plot of the other two, and it's just about a spooky mask company. And everyone was like, ah, oh, that's dumb. This film is bad. And it did really, really, really poorly. Um, but it's a great film for a lot of bad reasons but it's definitely worth watching and you don't need to watch one and two to have watched it okay and as for the year oh gosh uh 1985 i'm gonna guess i don't know again show notes will correct this that's three of five (sighs) i'm trying to think do you want horror movies or do you want halloween specific films uh, well, the sell to Mrs. L will be, let's watch a horror movie. She will go, no. Uh, if I say, okay. let's watch a Halloween movie. It's Halloween. Quick, let's make a 
pumpkin spice blah 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 thing. Yeah. Then so Halloween uh, three talks about Halloween mm-hmm. explicitly and often. So Halloween three is your Halloween film. Uh, the thing has nothing to do with it. Dawn of the Dead has nothing to do with it. Um, <laughs> Halloween specific films. I'm struggling here. Um, no, I, I can't give you two more because I don't know two more. There are two more, but I can't think of them. Um, you should watch They Live, though, which is more of a sci-fi film than a horror film, but it does have horror elements. Uh, I think it's 1985. Sleepy Hollow? Is that horror? Or is it just a name that yeah. I've heard on Twitter somewhere? Sleepy Hollow is, I think there's a remake with Johnny Depp, and that's the headless horseman with a pumpkin head. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I saw it sometime in the mid-2000s, but I do not remember much about it. Okay. And I don't, if there was original version, I haven't seen it, but there is one from the sort of 2000s. I don't know what it is. Um, But They Live is good fun. Uh, Mm -hmm. Rowdy Roddy Piper, uh, ex-wrestler. And I think I've talked about this before. He puts on a pair of sunglasses and he finds out that a bunch of people are aliens hiding his people. And yeah, it's... Another another film about consumerism um, wrapped up in a horror movie, but it's good fun and it doesn't take itself very seriously. And it's more of a sci-fi action film than it is a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, see, I'm just, I, I don't think of it like I, I want to watch a specifically Halloween movie. Actually, no, I'll give you a non-spooky one. One second. Let me have a quick think. What is the name of it? Because there's a non-spooky one that is Halloween-centric um, that is very good. I watched recently. And it's a Disney film. And I'm trying to remember the name of it. It's got a guitar in it. And I'm just Googling frantically. Uh, Coco. Coco. Are you know? C-O-C-O. Uh, it's a Disney one, Pixar. And let me see. What year was that? 2017. It's really cool. And actually, that one might be the best to convince Mrs. L because it deals with exactly what you were talking about. Um, I think it's Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little boy called Miguel, and he basically wants to be a musician. And he goes and he, this is on there, De, la, De los Muertos. And he goes and speaks to his ancestors uh, in their um, grave. And so it's, it's like, it's a whale and all these different people from his family. Um, but they're all skeletons. And so he's talking to them and he's, he's goes on this adventure with them. I don't want to spoil it. It's really, really good. It's, it's proper Disney stuff, but it's got skeletons in it. It's about Halloween. That's the most appropriate film I can think of that she might enjoy. Cool. But there we go. There's a selection for me. We've got the thing, uh, Dawn of the Dead, Halloween three, they live. Yeah. And Coco. And Sleepy Hollow, okay. thrown in for good measure. Oh, <laughs> no one knows if Sleepy Hollow is one of us can remember. <laughs> a bonus pick. Okay. All right. Well, I've, like I've made a note. We'll see. Yeah. See what Cyprus uh, Netflix has to say. <laughs> None of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll be watching something made in 1965 by somebody that nobody's ever heard of. I watched Match of the Day. It's as close as I could get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yes, Chelsea's terrible performance against blah, blah, blah. blah. Shocking. Horrible. That's the, the real horror story. <laughs> oh, I'd tell you what, somebody did send me um, 
uh, I don't think we can put it in the show notes because some of the language is colourful. Um, but there's <laughs> there's a rugby player called Martin Bayfield who used to play for England and was a policeman. And he he tells a story about it's it's the great comparison between um, football and rugby or, or soccer as Americans would call it and rugby. And it was at the time David Beckham, who I believe was very good at football. Um, got sent off uh, in a World Cup match. And what had happened, I remember watching it, it he'd been fouled. And as Martin Bayfield put it, he, he'd fallen to the floor, uh, rolling in agony. His Alice band had fallen from his hair. The, the crowd were shocked. And then in a fit of petulance, he sort of kicked out a leg at his aggressor uh, and was sent off for violent play. Uh, the very next day, uh, there was a rugby match between uh, England and South Africa. And uh, the hooker, uh, whose name was, was Graham Roundtree, who Martin Bayfield described as a teammate, described him as man voted most likely to marry outside of his species. Um, <laughs> who punched his opposite number, breaking his nose. Um, and 15 seconds later, his uh, opposite number punched him back, breaking his nose, uh, for, which, <laughs> for which the referee called both men over with a sort of little gesture of his finger, come here, don't do that again, shake hands, let's get on with the game. It was just a, a brilliant, brilliant. It was a, it was an after dinner speech, and it was brilliantly done, fantastically done. Oh, damn. So I've no no idea why I went off down that tangent, but it probably makes sense to somebody. So <laughs> that's. I will see what I can find, and I will watch something horrific. I will watch something horrific. That's what I will do. Uh, and then well, just go. before. Before we stop, I mean, I have to just go through the rest of your show notes. I can see there are some questions for me. Uh, uh, Darker nights, how do clocks work? I have no idea. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm still I'm lost, with you, still TJ. baffled. Uh, <laughs> I've reached that age where, where time changes now has physical impacts upon me. <laughs> uh, people have moved the clocks. My body clock has completely collapsed. And to make things worse, I've got a puppy. Well, he's not, he's not a puppy, but I've got a new dog. Uh, who's completely mystified by the whole concept of night and day. Uh, as far as he's concerned, why waste any of those hours sleeping? That, that's his view on things. He sleeps until he doesn't need to sleep anymore, and then the entire house should be up. That's his approach. Um, oh, I've just, I will, I will endeavour to take a photo of the two dogs in a minute and put it in, and send it to you uh, for show notes or not, because they're <laughs> looking quite cute. Anyway, uh, darker nights, how do clock work, traditions inherited. No, I think we've covered everything, TJ. I think, I think so. It's probably, probably time to stop, have a pumpkin spice latte uh, or whatever one of those is. Whatever root uh, vegetable and, you prefer in your coffee. Yes. Yes, other vegetables are available, as they say on the BBC. <laughs> um, I've been Stu Lennon. And I've been TJ Cosgrove. Remember to make the past, the present, in the future. I guess happy Halloween. It's over now for you, so it's kind of a bit moot, but hope it was good.
What do I say at the end? You said it. Remember to make the past, the present, and the future. That one. That's it. This was 1857. That's the bit of our go. There we go. <laughs> it's spooky. <laughs> Quality professionalism at its best. I'm hitting the button now. Goodbye. <laughs> Spookily bad production values. <laughs>